Sakpase listeners, welcome to another episode of the Zoe View. I'm your host, Bo. Once again, you know, my co-host Marianne ain't here with us. I'm sure she's doing something very productive that she can't be here right now. She's done with sugar daddies, so I'm sure it's somebody younger. Anywho, um, before we get started, man, I'd like to really thank you guys for the um the support. Special thanks for real for real to like the people that I don't even know that really support the podcast, especially the pod squad. You got the John Effect podcast. Um, for some of you guys that that's listening that want to check out other upcoming podcasts, you can too. John Effect podcast, brothers, talk it out. Um, it's a lot of them. I can't name them all, but this is just a couple. Today we got um, what do we call you, Doctor Kiki? No, I don't have that yet. <laughs> so what is it? Just Miss Doc, Miss Kiki? <laughs> you could just call me Miss Kiki. Of course, that's not what. My clients call me. They call me Miss Crump. Miss Crump. Crump. My last name. C-R- last name is Crump. Yes, yeah, C R U M P. Crump. Jesus. Thank oh, God it ain't Jeebo. Trump. Damn. Thank no. God it ain't Trump. No, no. Hey, real quick. It's a C. It's a C. And not Trump. Not Trump. I hope ain't no black person out here named Trump. I hope they're not claiming it if, if they, they are. are. <laughs> that's so unfortunate. But it's a C. It's Crump. Speaking of Trump <laughs> and this inauguration that just happened. <laughs> What happened? I'm I'm curious. Where are the people that said they was gonna move out of the country if Trump become president? Where y'all at, huh? Look, huh? Where y'all at? It's a lot of talkers. You know that. <laughs> it sound good. People get caught up in the hype. Talking about I'm gonna move to Canada, motherfucker. You ain't even left your city ever. People don't know how much it costs to move. You got first month rent, last month rent, <laughs> utilities, deposit. <laughs> so they can't even move in the city yet alone move out the country. So yeah, I was so I, I was very tired <laughs> of people saying that shit. Literally, like like bye. Like no, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna move out. Move out where, nigga? You ain't never been outside the country. How you gonna move? Let them have a moment. But anyway, I ain't out here talking about no Trump inauguration because I care less. I no, I gotta say this though. I can't believe this nigga's really going forward with this wall thing. You know that the one thing I didn't think he was gonna go through with is that there's no way you would actually build a wall. And what what good is the wall gonna do? Because they can dig a hole, they can jump over. Yeah, it. I don't know. They get creative. They could put themselves in a box and get shipped over here. Hey, listen. Look, people adapt to their situations. So know. one thing I could say for people that just think Donald Trump is coming down on just uh, Mexicans, y'all wrong, boy. You coming for everybody? Who gonna build a wall? I don't know. I don't know who's gonna build how, that. How shit. you gonna advertise that? You know. <laughs> you know he said some shit about like the t- like Mexicans gonna pay us back and shit like that. <laughs> like, so basically, the poor people he's gonna tax the poor people because you know he ain't taxing the rich motherfuckers. No, them is homies. So me, I'm poor, so I'm gonna I'm go ahead me and too. state that. Nah, I'm, you a I'm, you you a, you. You know what? First of all, <laughs> we I, I I brought Kiki here because um we today we're gonna talk about domestic violence. Simple. Domestic violence and Kiki is before she say what, what her career path is. Kiki is also that girl that was on a podcast before Dang. that was engaged and sold the engagement ring to buy a house. The house that we're it's, recording in right now. It's not a house. It's a townhome. She literally got engaged and broke it off and went ahead and bought a townhome. Shout out to the uh, ex-fiance though. I did not break it off in per- purposely. An ex-fiance is good. I mean, he told me happy birthday. See? He don't hate me. <laughs> Anyways. Nah. All right. So tell the listeners what exactly you do. Um, Hey, listeners. I'm back again. And I'm not in the hot seat. 
Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, my degrees are in social work. Um, social work is a very um, broad field. You can do a little bit of everything. So I will say I've worked with every population. I work with the youth, um, newborn to age 18. I worked with single family homes. Um, I've worked in the homes. And right now, I currently work at a prison, and I provide um, substance abuse and mental health counseling. Really? Yes. So you're a counselor in prison? Yes. I work with the inmates. You work at a male prison? Mm-hmm. It's a male prison. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I've technically worked with every population there is in right, social right. work. Before we Before we go backwards. <laughs> So how, how's the experience with the male prison? You ain't, you ain't had nobody that want to marry you yet? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You a couple of those? Yeah, they, they do. They be like, Miss Crump, I'm fucked up about you. I be like, don't. Please don't. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I have an office. Um, we have an officer, you know, like in the hallways and whatnot. But because mm-hmm. of confidentiality, when they're in my office, you know. Oh, it's, it's literally just, one-on-one. Yeah, it's like one-on-one. And Dude, then I they- do I do a group setting, too. And mm-hmm. then I also, um, we do lectures. So, um, they'll be like, man, I need some counseling. I need some counseling. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up? <laughs> do, they, do they really be needing counseling, though? Or do they just no, be wanting that No, they be one trying one? to shoot their shot. Let the man shoot They do. What if, what, if he, what if he getting out soon? No, Would well, everybody in our program, they have less than 24 months. To get out? Yeah. So, basically, all of them getting out soon. Yeah. Why won't you give they them a chance? They try to use the hell no. Mm-mm. But they're getting out soon. Mm-mm. You sound like them. I'm just saying. So you, you're not down. <laughs> you, <laughs> you sound like them. You're Look, not down with no prison dick? They not They not somebody who. So you're not down with no prison dick? I've had saying? somebody straight out of prison before, but that was like driving with a suspended license type, you know, <laughs> prison. I could deal with that. You not know, no you ain't pay no tickets, you know, like that, but not mm-mm, some of them. But yeah, so that's what I'm doing now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, that I didn't know. So I'm still, I'm still, I'm still baffled by that. So are you the only female in that? Are you the only female therapist? Mm-mm. We have um, six counselors, and it's um, it's three women and it's three guys. So when they come, I'm pretty sure the guys go to the females, of course. The, the, I'm pretty sure the male counselors get no type of... Uh... No, they do. You got to realize that some of these guys, a lot of people fail to realize that they had traumatic stuff happen to them in their past, mm-hmm. you know, which maybe led them to drugs. A lot of them were physically abused, sexually abused, things like that. So that's why they put on this tough guy persona. That's why they went to use drugs, um, you know, to escape those things. And a lot of them, some of them, they are crazy. They do have bipolar, you know, things like that, especially, you know, my African-American clients. You can't tell them they crazy and that they need medication. Mm-hmm. Why not? Ain't nothing wrong with them. Mental you know, health, they, you know, that's, they don't, that's black a, folks don't do you know, mental that's, health. That's a big thing for black males, man. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of us don't believe we have mental health issues when we, actually we do. Especially in the island community, too. Mm-hmm. I've learned that. I do. I, I just got somebody on my caseload um, this week from Haiti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't believe in mental health. If anything, we'll call that shit voodoo. <laughs> he Seriously. said that. Seriously. <laughs> he said Seriously. that. Seriously. It was like, it's, it's, it's voodoo. Somebody did voodoo on me. That's why I'm like this. Well, he said his problem was American girls, too. So. Oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> so, wait, do you, like, before you get them in your office, do you, um, 
Do you know what they're in for and what mm-hmm. their case is? Yeah, everybody has a um every counselor. What you has... mean? Wait, before that. So what you mean he said his problem was American girls, as in like that's why he's in prison? No, or... no, no. Okay, so we do um a psychosocial assessment and it goes to your family history, um, drug um abuse. It goes to every aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Um and so part of that he was telling me when he first came over to the States, mm-hmm. um, I think he was like seventeen, something like that. Yeah. Um and they talk about, you know, what are some of your strengths? Just how do you perceive yourself uh-huh. and whatnot? And when it came to one of his weaknesses, he was like... American woman? He was like, it was American girls. Damn. He said over at Haiti, he had Haitian girls. It's I ain't gonna he lie said, to but say. when he came over here... Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. But yeah, every client... um we don't get to pick our clients. We have like a, you know, case roster and we do. We see their history, um, medical, things like that. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, when they're in your office and it's a one-on-one because of confidential mm-hmm. reasons. And HIPAA. Are they, mm-hmm. And what? HIPAA. What's HIPAA? The medical stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So, what, are they like chained up or are they mm-hmm. like... What if one of the motherfuckers try to pull a move on you? Okay, this is um, a low-level facility. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, there's no lifers in the program. Um, there's no rapists oh, so- in the program. So, these are people who, they're on drug charges. They're on, like, aggravated assault charges. Okay. Things like that. So They, they ain't got no serial rapists. Mm-mm. So, it's certain qualifications to even get into the program. Gotcha. Yeah, because it is... A low-level facility. So, yeah, we don't have any lifers on but the compound. I mean, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you can still have a drug dealer in there that be trying to... Oh, they do. Them. They got so much dope in so, prison. So, what do you do, though? What it, what Do y'all do, like, um, a training where, like, if a motherfucker try to put their hands on you, mm-hmm. what, do you, like, we, scream automatically? No. Okay. So, every... Um, like I said, we're not security. We're not a CO. So, we do have, um, like, a panic button and the little security squad team will Hold come. Up. Yes. Um, yeah. I haven't had to use it, but what I will say, um, they do believe in the convict code. Um, me personally, even with all my clients, um, I build a rapport with them because they got to trust you because at the end of the day, they don't trust anybody. And so I do tell them, you know, both my parents were in prison and they already be like, dang, you know, so I know some of the lingo. I know what's going on, things like that. Um, so it is a respect thing. And personally, I've had some guys tell me, look, Miss Crump, if some pop off, you ain't got to worry about nothing. Okay. Like, ain't nothing going to happen so to you. How how long have you been working at this prison thing? Um, It's coming up on six months. Okay. So have any of them that you've had um, consulted with in prison is already out and they try to communicate with you afterwards? Um, Two of them have. Because um, we do. We find them like a halfway home. Depending upon their charges, um, some people have to do like a mandatory halfway house when they get out. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people, they just don't have family anymore. Their family has, you know, written them off. So, yeah, it's okay if they send something to work <laughs> and just, you know, give us the status, things like that. But it's hard because a lot of them want to hear success stories. Uh-huh. But, you know, before they could ever come back into the prison, they would have to be out for so long before they can come back and talk to the other fellows. Got it, got it. Because I was, um, I have a homeboy now who's in prison and I'm mm-hmm. just finding out if you've been in jail, you can't go see somebody in jail. Or it's a time period. It's a time period. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, I didn't even know, like, I had to write, I got to write this man just to, for him to put me on the list to do yep. the background thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, when other people I knew that's in prison, when I was younger, I never, I was too young. I wasn't writing them. I wasn't going to see them. Yeah. And so it was whatever. It's just now that I have some a homeboy that's in prison and I'm trying to go see him. But I'm like, damn, 
I gotta go through all this. And it's it's for honestly it's for security measures. Um, because at the end of the day, they don't know you. You could have been in a gang with him. Right. You could have been his dealer. You know anything like that, and you don't know the next man in there. Got so it. they gotta you know make sure you're not affiliated in that kind of sense. And unfortunately, contraband does come into the prisons. Yeah. So, you know, that's how they try to cut down on that too about how many people can visit them, you know, especially if they're past felons themselves. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get to it then. Okay, I'm ready. So, what are some of the um this is some stuff I want to know. I know a few people that's in domestic violence. We're going to get back to the prison stories cuz I want to <laughs> hear some prison stories. Matter of fact, let's say some prison stories now. What is some of the craziest cases you had or a case you had recently i want to say that crazy because honestly in this field i've seen everything i've heard everything literally it's when they try to proposition you what do you mean as far as like i said it's some dirty cops um i'm not a it's some dirty cops that's in prison yeah like the COs. yeah um and stuff like that so um they try to ask personal questions you know just to see what you're gonna answer this and that i am the so youngest. they try to study you mm-hmm. type thing. Gotcha. yeah because they're very manipulative um so they of course they can look and see i'm the youngest counselor mm-hmm. there is so they'll try they'll be like you ain't number what 22 24 mm-hmm. you know i'd be like okay whatever mm-hmm. and they be like well you're not older than me you know trying to, try see to that. Guess your age. Mm-hmm. then of course um you can with jury um um, you just have to take it off to clear the metal detector, but I choose not to. So they'd be like, you married? Miss Crump, you got an old man? What's what's going on with you? And I'd be like, why? That ain't got nothing to do with your recovery, you know? So I avoid those questions. But, um, yeah, I had an inmate. He's about, he's not on my case anymore. He's about 5'3". Uh-huh. Um, probably 150 pounds soaking wet. You know what I mean? Okay. He what? he not a bad looking guy. Um he wasn't on my caseload. Okay. But in the building um, I'm curious to what his height got to do with it, but I'm gonna tell you. Okay. So um <laughs> <laughs> um like I said, we do a lecture also where all the guys in the program, it's about seventy guys in the program, okay. but each counselor only has about ten on their caseload. Yeah. Um so they could come talk to another counselor if that counselor's not busy. Um, you know, he knocks on my door, I was like, Come on in, you know, this and that and he was like, I just want to know and i'm like what 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 you want to know i was like it's first thing in the morning what's up and he was like do i have a shot and i was like a shot at what he was like me and you he was like i ain't no ugly nigga i can take care of you he was like i can handle you he was like i like big red girls (laughs) and you know usually that is disrespect you know because they coming at you that kind of way mm-hmm. or whatnot um and you can't write them up and they can't go to jail you know they'll put them in the hole if they get wrote up um <laughs> and so i just smile because i do smile a lot and i was just like no i'm sorry and he got mad and he flipped over the chair and stormed oh. out my office like man fuck that <laughs> did you write him up I didn't write him up because he came like an hour later and he was like, honestly, he was like, you the first woman that ever turned me down. Really? I was like, what? And I pulled him up and I'm like, 
you done been in prison for like 10 years. Like, wait How a minute. How many women you had? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That, well, dang. That man, that man was fucking the guards. Man. He was so serious. He was like, you the first woman that turned me down. He was like, I ain't never had to deal with rejection before. Mm-hmm. I said, seriously. Like, he thought I was, I was like, oh, okay. So it goes down. Yeah. Yeah, it goes down. I knew, I knew a, um, I knew a prison guard. She told me some stories about, um, you know, of course, the security guards or CEO fucking the inmates. Mm-hmm. And one time she was like, this inmate, like, had a baby mm-hmm. or was pregnant by this um, this prisoner. And I'm like, yo, how the fuck you, why would you even fuck this? Because first of all, she was like, yo, these inmates be looking to fuck you raw so they could mm-hmm. trap you. Because mm-hmm. that way they got leverage. And I'm like, why would these security guards fuck these inmates? But then I realized that when a prison guard's... They work long shifts. Mm-hmm. They have night shifts. And it, they work like, it's not eight hour or nine hour shifts. This is like 12, 16 mm-hmm. hour shifts. You literally at the prison. If you're a woman, you at an all male prison half the day. All you see is, I'm sure these niggas ain't like these niggas fully clothed. Some of these niggas probably purposely <laughs> trying to get naked. Well, yeah, in the dorm, you know, because yeah. that's their living area. But yeah. when they come to the program, they have to have on, you know, their uniform. But still, like, they'll be polite as far as, you know, good morning, this and that. Or, and then if you say good morning, they try to push it. They be like, good morning, beautiful. I be like, Mm-mm, my name is Miss Crump. You'll call me Miss Crump. You know what I mean? Okay. They do. They try to, you know, they be like, what's your first name? Why? So they try it because they looking for something, you know. They okay. looking for some kind of companionship, friendship. Something. Can you bring me something in? So. Okay, so there ain't yeah. nothing. You ain't had too much, too bad of an experience, I would say. I would. No, not as far as me. Now, there has been some stuff pop off on the compound. But one thing they, um, you know, a vet in the game did tell me when I started working there. They was like, at the end of the day, these men. So, you got to respect them and they'll respect you. And I think I showed that. And it was a little um, um, Hispanic guy, older guy. Um and he did. He let me know. He was like, you know, I've been watching you, you know, your first couple weeks here. He said, you know, you check your surroundings, you this and that. You don't, you know, get too comfortable. He was like, you ain't got nothing to worry about. He was like, ain't nothing going to happen to you. He was like, trust me. Okay. He said, now, there's some other COs out here. If some pop off, we don't give a damn about them. He said, but you, Miss Crump, and he named a few of the other ladies. He mm-hmm. said, ain't nothing going to happen to y'all. So, okay. so you do need that. Prison you got code. Your own, you got your own bodyguard in there just in case some shit pop off. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, what are what what do black men, since most of our listeners are black, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping some are black men as well, mm-hmm. what is the most, how big is mental health in the black community for real, for real? Um, it's so many levels of mental health. Just as far as when people think mental health, they just automatically think you're crazy. Okay. Can you can you give us a little bit of what exactly the definition of mental health is? Oh dang, you put me on the spot. I can give you some examples. Like they like depression is considered mental health. Okay. You know, so people don't realize anxiety, all those kind of things, you know, it's an imbalance in your brain. So they don't realize that all of that plays a part into mental health. Mm -hmm. Before you get into bipolar, before you get into schizophrenic, you know, the small stuff is considered mental health too. Mm -hmm. And those are mental health things that you can deal with without medication. But if they go untreated, they escalate into something else. And so for men in general, and especially black men, 
you got to realize you're the provider, you're the protector, you know, even if you come from the richest neighborhood or the poorest neighborhood, you're a man. I'm a man. Men don't like going to the doctors, you know. I don't. No, because if a woman, if I go to the doctor and they tell me something wrong, I'm like, okay, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to fix it? This and that. I'm not Men gonna, just I, I not going to go I in I the first lie. place. Before, before I got my job straight out of college, I only been to the doctor just to get tested. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start getting tested till like senior year of high school. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. So senior year of high school, that was the only, and I that's not even going to the doctor. That's just going to a clinic, getting Getting tested. a physical. Mm-hmm. So and then I was one of those kids that never really got sick like that. So I never really had no need to go to the doctor. Yeah. So. And then going back to mental health, you look at a lot of these. Um, I look at a lot of my inmates now and think about when they were in school. Okay, they were the kids who was fighting in class. They was always angry, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or they weren't on grade level. Uh-huh. Um, you know, unfortunately, our school system doesn't always give them the best care either. They're labeled as a behavioral kid. I can't handle this kid. Not when they really have anxiety. They really have ADHD, things like that. So instead they get they act but out, isn't that, they get isn't looked that, over. Isn't that what the counselors in the high schools and middle schools are for? Yeah, it's for them, but depending upon um your school, like up here in Tallahassee, um every school doesn't have a school social worker. That she isn't that um, isn't that a requirement by state? Mm-hmm. They technically they have one, but it's like I would cover four schools and somebody else would cover four schools. Oh, that's fucked mm-hmm. up. So this is in Florida, throughout Florida. Well, this is in um like North Florida, like further down south, like in uh, Miami and stuff. They might can have one in every school, but I like know up here in North Florida, it's usually one person and she's des. That's he not right. or she is designated to a certain amount of schools. You know what I don't like about that when it comes to those counselors? Because, um, okay, for example, let's say in our zone right here. Mm-hmm. Let's say, because most, nine times out of ten, most of these counselors are white. Let's say this white female counselor. Mm-hmm. No, no shade. It, it's yeah. not no shade with the, with the white counselors or whatever. It's like, let's say you got a 30-year-old white female counselor. Mm-hmm. Let's say how you said they're covering four schools, which is already fucked up. Is this, is that like a budget thing or is it just um, a, it's like a budget thing and it's like a, a neat thing. Um, is you mean to tell really me only once like a whole school don't need at least one counselor? And I'm saying they do have one counselor. She's just not there full time. That's is what I'm up. saying. She might be there like Monday, Wednesday, Friday and then go to from a certain school. time. And then she goes to another school. Oh. And then certain schools, especially here in Tallahassee, you know, like the Title I schools. So those going to be your schools with the low income families. Gotcha. They, the need, side, they need more like counseling, mm-hmm. but they, they only do. have... But they have to share. Share. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say, for example, back to, you know, you got a female, a 30-year-old white female counselor, and she's covering four schools, and those four schools are predominantly black. Mm-hmm. I don't care what type of study she's done. There's absolutely no way you can relate to those kids. I hate that. I recently realized that about a year ago because um, I went down to Miami mm-hmm. and I went to my old school and I talked to some of my little cousins and I'm realizing, yo, this person can't relate. This person don't even belong in this school zone, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, of course, you know, you don't have a lot of black. Actually, they're, they're out there. You got a bunch of people that majors in social work mm-hmm. and can be in that position, but they're not. So I just wanted to express that shit because that shit hurt me. It, it is. Um 
And that also goes with the teachers, too, because I've worked in the school system. And sometimes they don't understand why little, you know, Raekwon is upset and whatnot. Raekwon? Raekwon. Mm-hmm. Oh, I done heard some <laughs> That's names. the black name you... you I, done, I done heard you some You could have said Tyrone. Tyrone. No, Tyrone is old. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. Right. It's something with Quan or Juan or something. It's okay, something. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, they, 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 all they know is this kid's coming to my class, disrupting my class. And uh-huh. here I am, Susie Go Lucky. I'm trying to teach them this and that. But they don't understand that he's hungry. Or maybe the cops did have to come to his house last night. Or, you know... He don't know where his daddy is or his mama is or something like that. They don't no, understand they the outfit. Drugs. Yeah. You never know. So they don't know how to talk to them and, you know, talk to the parents too. Because it's about building that rapport where they will open up to you. Yeah, I, I really don't like that that shit uh, with a passion. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. a few mental health. So how is it working with kids? What's the difference you, you can say with working with kids and working with adults? Um, Men. With with kids, it's time to correct the it's time, and they can correct the behavior. A lot of stuff is learned behavior, and they don't know it's a learned behavior. It's just you know kind of that saying it's the happens of their circumstance, um, to why they may be acting out and things like that. Um, especially if they've witnessed domestic violence, mm-hmm. um. Because kids do. They act out what they've seen. You know, so they'll pick it up quicker. They'll pick it up quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, kids will be able to say, you know, where did you get that from? Well, um, that's how my daddy talks. That's what my daddy does. Things like that. So with kids, you can correct the behavior quickly rather than adults. This is how they've been operating for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um and identifying those triggers, especially if something traumatic just happened, it's fresh compared to, you know, a five-year-old reliving a situation compared to a 35-year-old male. They've masked those feelings. They've, you know, diluted the situation. Oh, it's not a problem. And they don't realize why stuff is angering them, why stuff is bothering them, because they've, you know, they've suppressed those feelings. So with kids, it's a little easier because they are kind of, they're innocent. When you say kids, are we talking about elementary group or are we talking about high school down? Even, even. Because I feel like high school is harder to, to, to deal with. It is harder for, I think in high school, that's when you kind of um, are kind of aware of, you know, what's going on. You know, in elementary, you kind of don't know that daddy is beating on you know, mama. You know, you just know, oh, he's mean, this and that. But as you get older, you've put two and two together. And then as a teen, you're becoming who you're supposed to be. You know, puberty happens, things like that. So now when you start seeing those same tendencies that's in your father or in your mother, mm-hmm. and if you've had that statement said to you, mm-hmm. you act just like your daddy. And you don't like that image, you hate that image, this and that, what do you do? You act out. You act out. Mm-hmm. I asked that because um my first time hitting a woman, I didn't I don't hit women, but <laughs> my first time hitting a girl, it was in uh I think this was ninth grade. I was in um you know, I was sitting in front of the class, mm-hmm. the girl was behind me. You know when you're in a you in school, teacher tell you pass your work forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on with this girl. So teacher said, pass the work forward. She passes. She's handing my the work, but I haven't turned around yet to pick up the paper. So she was like, she like smack you in the head and was like, hell boy. And I just turned around and backhanded. Oh no. 
And it wasn't because I wanted a back. Yeah. I kind of wanted the backhander, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm, it was a reaction to it. It mm-hmm. was something. And then she like after I backhander, she got so she was so shocked. She got up, wanted to fight me, and I'm like, yo, I'm not fighting no girl. Good. I just walked away. Good. And you know, everybody seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, the teacher, everything explained, it, and it was like, damn. It is her fault, but at the same time, we got to suspend you by default. But I understood, I understood. Now I understood. Then mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Okay. And then come to find out, you know what's crazy about it? Come to find out later on, I'm going to say about two months later, she come by me telling me or she liked me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? When, when, when I said about kids and learned behavior, what do they tell little girls if a boy is picking on you? And if he's hitting you, oh, that just means he like you, this and that. So imagine if you're a little girl or I'm going to say a little boy, you know, and somebody's telling you if somebody does this, it's okay because it means when it's this. Not. It's not when okay. it's really not. It's not okay. So if it's okay when you're a little kid, guess what? It's okay when I'm a teenager and it's okay As when adult. I'm an adult. Oh, that's, so that's like a learned behavior. A learned behavior. Okay. That's not even it with her. So like, let's say a couple <laughs> months later. She showed up to the school. She's pregnant. Oh. One, and she has marks on her. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't. She didn't tell me this person. I think I was talking to one of her friends. She was like, you know, she don't want to be talked to, talk to. Like she would like eat lunch in the corner. Come to find out, she was pregnant by a family member, and that same family member was abusing her. And I'm like, yo, you going through all this shit in school, mm-hmm. and then do you realize you could have got your ass knocked the fuck out? <laughs> really. Really? You could have got your ass knocked the fuck out because of all this shit you going through. That's what I was thinking at the time. Later on, I understood, like, you know, you never know. But at the same time, there's no reason for you to still put your hands on somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's why I asked that. It was just... Okay. And it is. It's a lot. Like, that's why we go over power and control. You know, abusers are um, good with that. Especially, like you said, a family member. Usually when it's something sexual, it's not a stranger. Unfortunately, it is someone who you're close with, who you feel safe with. Um, People... You know, unfortunately, they prey on those weaknesses and mm-hmm. they build that trust up and they see how far they can go. You know, whether this was a boyfriend, whether this was an uncle, whoever it may be. And then, you know, the different dynamics in the household. I've seen so many different ones play out, but um, it just doesn't start overnight. It's something little by little. It could be something as, let's say, if it's an uncle, you know, baby girl, go fix me something to drink. You know, mm-hmm. just seeing do you follow my command? You know, it could be something. But I, No, let me keep going. Go it could be something as simple as, you know, come give your uncle a hug. You know, that's nothing new. But maybe he put his hand down lower, this and that. Do you tell? Do you flinch? Like, what do you do? He's he's watching your reactions. He's grooming you. He's training Damn. you. So when... And everybody do got that fucking <laughs> creepy ass uncle. It's every family got that one uncle or auntie. <laughs> That you don't want to be around. And I don't want to put it just on like an uncle, but it's like nah, it's that. An uncle. But whoever, an whoever the pedophile is, they're they're watching you to see your reactions, to see are you going to tell. So this are you telling that? me? Don't hug your uncle. Or no, uncle? no, no. I'm just saying. You know, there are family members you can trust, but you definitely you have to watch certain people, and you know, you notice a child's behavior um, because chances are she showed signs that something was going on. People just may have. But what if? Um, how do you as a, it. as a parent? And your child, let's say your child is getting abused by another family member. Because mm-hmm. I've had a situation. Okay, I had an ex. Um, it was tough. Because I. it explains, it made me more understanding of abuse 
and there is such thing I've learned as generation, like generation of mm-hmm. abuse. Her her mom got abused, sexually abused by her brother. Mm-hmm. That same brother abused her. So the the mom abused the sister and his niece, his niece basically. Mm-hmm. And there was a time she told me they were they were at the family reunion and um she mentioned that to the grandma and other family members and they basically like pushed her away. Yeah. Unfortunately and, that does happen a lot. And what I'm saying is um and it explains a lot of how she is like cuz I I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong like for pe- kids well, a young lady that gets abused. I'm only speaking on the young lady point because that's my only experience. I don't experience with males. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like, I feel like when they get abused as a, at a young age, they're either overly sexual or very under sexual. Is that correct? Very true. That's part of the signs. Um, it's different acting out for. Um, different I won't want to say acting out but different signs. Um especially somebody younger, um, wet in the bed, starting to have um accidents in the bed. That's why I say if they're older having accidents, they can cover that up. So, you know, parents won't know, you know, what's going on because they can go change their bed sheets, this and that. But wet in the bed because that's a defense mechanism. Wet in the bed? Yeah. If I pee on myself this and that, they don't want to come in here and touch me and want me and this and that because I made a mess. if you pee on yourself, that's a defense mechanism? Like, like, peeing on yourself, like, as far as, as a child. Kid, yeah, as far as, because, think about it, if it's, if the abuse is happening at night in my wait, bedroom. Wait, wait, but I've never been abused. I, I used to piss on the bed. What you saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying, no, it's something that you just start. Let's say you've been potty trained since you was two, you've never had an accident, you've slept in your own bed, and then all I, of a I sudden. I was raised in Haiti, we don't do potty trains. We just, you just, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying, you know, this kid never had any accidents, anything, and then all of a sudden, at eight years old, you start wet in the bed again. Huh. You know, it's a red, That's flag a red flag. Because it's a defense mechanism. Because, you know, think about it. If if they're coming in my room when everyone's sleep, this and that, touching me under the covers, if I've soiled myself, they're not going to warn me. Oh. But, so do they do that self-consciously sometimes? Or, is it uh, like or, some, or sometimes it's just a, I'm so afraid to get up and let them know that I'm still up. Oh. I don't want to even go out and use the bathroom. So wet in the bed is a sign. All of a sudden, like you said, it's okay to hug your uncle. But if you notice that all of a sudden, when this person walks in the room, a child freezes up. Or, you know, so, they can't. So for the parents listening, I'm not saying for parents to be on the lookout if their child is getting abused. But <laughs> if you see, if you happen to see those signs, that might mm-hmm. be something going it's, on. It's one thing, you know. You don't tell your child to go hug a stranger, Mm -hmm. but you know, if this is someone who they've seen all the time, like an uncle, you know, a friend, this and that, all of a sudden you start noticing those signs. Um, a lot of times with, um. So all y'all uncles that's, that's hugging a little too hard, (laughs) cut that shit out, man. There's some uncles listening right now. They I know. hope so. We don't we don't want any speculations, uncles, so don't. <laughs> um, you know, as far as hygiene, because like I said, they wanted me while I was clean. So now maybe I'm not gonna take a bath. Maybe so I'm not gonna them dirty kids, it might be a defense mechanism. It could be in some cases when they are capable of cleaning themselves. Okay. Some know? of them kids just dirty as fuck. Some kids them. just are dirty. Filthy. I blame mm-hmm. their parents. Oh, we have a we have a maltreatment for that too. <laughs> Okay, so let me ask you. Okay, let me run down these questions before because okay, we, yeah. we we deep in. So, as a parent, well, you already answered that. As a parent, how you distinguish, you know, some type of abuse by a child? Mm-hmm. 
what caused more damage, physical or emotional, based on your experience? Um, honestly, emotional. A lot of um, physical abuse. I mean, me, myself, I got a whooping. But at the end of the day, you got a whooping and that whooping was over. You know what I mean? Is whooping really on. physical abuse, though? Because I've gotten whooped. Okay, so... There's no, I'm, a, I'm just speaking on the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere that's saying you cannot punish your child and you cannot give your child a whooping. It's when you do with the intent, go to leave a bruise and make a mark and things like that. But it's some, nothing wrong if you pat them on the bottom or spank them with a belt, this and that. Yeah. That's not what DCF is about. And a lot of people say, oh, you can't even punish your kids. But at the same time, you wouldn't punish a two-year-old the same way you would punish a 17-year-old. You know what I mean? I get it. I mean, um, so it's the force behind it, it's the intent behind it because sometimes it is just like you said you hit that girl it's a reaction mm-hmm. you know but other times unfortunately you do have parents where they have other stuff going on where they literally have taken it out on a kid and beat the crap out of yeah them. like mm-hmm. learning now here i know that i was getting abused as a child because as a child growing up island island motherfuckers will find anything to throw at the shoe a cup whatever they got in their possession a chair whatever mm-hmm. it takes so i remember when i was younger I used to get whoopings a lot. I used to get whoopings because I didn't wake up on time. I used mm-hmm. to get whoopings because I'm not eating. Mm-hmm. I used to get whoopings because I'm not taking a medicine. I'm like, how you whoop a kid that don't take a medicine <laughs> because he's sick? Now you're making him worse. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look, it's funny. I look back at I'm like, yo, this is the guy that was whooping me? I'm looking at my dad like, you the nigga that's whooping me? <laughs> you know, God forbid, I would never slap him or, or, or mm-hmm. toss him around. But it's like, yo, I could literally just toss you right now. But it's just the fact that to look back, I'm like, wow, this is the guy I was so afraid of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so a, emotional. Is it's, it's emotional because a lot of people they'll tell you, oh yeah, I got whoopings, this and that. But they remember those words that you know that hurt them, that broke them down. That because you know sometimes words can make you feel unsafe. You know, I'm gonna leave you. I'm never coming back. You know, or like I said, you just like your daddy, this and that. That verbal abuse and more emotional because that plays on them too. Physical doesn't last long. So verbal, verbal is verbal is more permanent, even though, of course, physical is not the mark could go away, but a scar might not. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about, you know, some kids who were, you know, whooped as a kid, um, when they get adults, they'll be like, okay, I'm not going to whoop my kids, this and that. They learn from that. But, you know, it's how they talk to them. That shakes up how you act, you know, how you represent yourself. So a lot of cases when I'm talking to people, the whoopings wasn't a problem because at the end of the day, they weren't having black eyes and broken ribs, mm-hmm. you know. It what do you say the, about people like me? Like, I've gotten whooping with the belt, not the hook of the belt. Mm-hmm. I remember vividly there was a night. This was a morning. I think I did bad in school or whatever it was. And my dad whooped me with the buckle mm-hmm. and left a mark on my neck. Oh, you would have had a case. But this in this in Haiti ain't no case. Ain't yeah. no case. When you would have came to the States. You just yeah. had, to, you had to take that L. <laughs> like, he literally left a mark. I couldn't go to school. Because you could literally see the flesh. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where he'll hit me. I remember vividly, like, you know, my stepmom at the time, she'll be like, stop hitting him. She'll take the hits for me. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll hurry up and try to grab me, and he'll still swing. Yeah. But like you said, verbal, I can see that verbal is more. Because I remember the time when I used to get whoopings, and he would talk to me. And I remember the talks more than I remember the hits. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Huh. And usually as you get older, the, the whoopings go away mm-hmm. because now you're getting big. You know, we've all kind of sized up our parents before. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. I can take you. You know, so. Not necessarily saying I would do it, but yeah. Yeah. Please don't advise, you know, because I'm grown and I still wouldn't try with. <laughs> okay. Next question. When a female hits, this is from my uh, homeboy Wilkes. Shout out to Wilkes. Hey. This question is, uh, when a female hits a guy, why is it not considered domestic abuse? Because we all know that, you know, if I push you right now, and you could call the police and it's domestic abuse, but if a guy do that, it's a bitch move. You know, normally speaking, it's a bitch move. You, you, you know, you saw. So why is it not domestic violence? It's it's still domestic violence by the book because you guys are in a relationship. Uh-huh. Um, domestic violence. If you guys are in a relationship, live in the same household, things of that nature, it's domestic violence. Men not gonna document it like women do. As far as they're not gonna not document, they're not gonna report it. Let's say a man reported because I still don't feel like. Let's say a man do report it. Let's mm-hmm. say we're let's say me and you were together right here and you like hit me too hard and I'm like you know I call the police. I don't even feel like the police will take me serious. No, no, no. It's like I said, you know, coming from DC up, it's been plenty of times where the woman has been the aggressor. And I've seen police reports because now in police reports, they do have to determine who was the aggressor because it might have been, I come at you with a knife and you literally swung at me. You know what I mean? So so they would have to put that, you know, the female was doing X, Y, and Z and the male did defend himself. So, So part of it is, um, Men don't report it as domestic violence. They'll yeah. leave the house. They'll whatever, this and that. A woman is going to call and it's going to get reported more. Yeah. But it's still considered domestic violence because you're in a relationship. You're in the household. Why do you think males don't, don't as in your expertise, why do you think males? I just feel like it's just, you know, it's kind of like a bitch move. That That's called ego. That's called pride. And then again, people think about it just like when you have a man who is the abuser and the tactics he used um, as far as go down my worksheet, as far as um, manipulation, isolation, you know, you ain't never going to be good enough to have nobody else. You don't think women do that too? Especially if, you know, what you mean? as far as what they say to them, as far as if she is the breadwinner, mm-hmm. if she is the successful one, if she is the attractive one, this and that. They use those same tactics too with me and you ain't going nobody. Ain't no other woman gonna want you. So you think that's why pretty girls get ugly men? (laughs) I did not say that. That's a that could be abuse. (laughs) I did not say that. Dropping gems right now. It's the same thing. So think about the same thing that a man as far as power and control can use on a woman. A woman can use that on a man also to keep them, you know. Okay, real quick, real quick. I'm only saying this (laughs) because I knew I knew a person who's in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. She's a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. He's an ugly ass nigga. Damn. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, is this like this might be a case all across the board? Women get ugly ass men because they could really verbally abuse them or physically abuse. Them. I'm gonna stick up for my ladies. I don't think that's the purpose of getting ugly someone man. less attractive. I'm not gonna call them ugly. But I, I didn't hear girls say this nigga's so ugly. He cute. <laughs> So it's okay. No. I heard a girl say this dude is so ugly. <laughs> but anyways, Damn. beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That was a joke. But seriously though. But it's different. It's called, you know, power and control. Um, you have intimidation, um, like I said, emotional abuse. Um, sometimes they use the kids, you know, 
all this, you know, things like that. So a woman, even though she might be prideful too, as far as, you know what, I don't want people knowing what's going on in my business, in my marriage, in my relationship. Mm-hmm. A man, you know, he's going to brush that off as, first of all, I'm a man. Ain't nobody abusing me. You know, okay. what I look like saying that this woman is hitting on me. But what are like that. what about some of the men that is getting abused? Even mm-hmm. They're not so macho like men. Okay. And they don't report it. What do you recommend or what would you say to that? Okay. Well, first of all, my job and all my jobs, it's not my job to tell you to leave or to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, working with different populations. Um when I was with DCF, my job is to make sure the kids are safe. So um, we would come up with like um, a safety network. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you can pinpoint the behavior as far as every two weeks on payday, Bo's gonna go out. He's gonna drink. Mm-hmm. When he comes home, he's gonna be pissed. That's when he starts beating on me. We can come up with the plan if you choose to stay because it's not my job to tell you to leave, but it is my job to tell you you gotta protect your kids mm-hmm. from this behavior. You Let's know? say they don't have kids. Let's say, let, okay, let me put out a scenario. Let's say you with someone mm-hmm. that do not have kids. They've been together. No kids. And they, this the, the male is getting abused. It can still apply to him as what far as he, what can if, you he, do to help? if he doesn't want to leave, let's let's really talk about really most of them don't want to leave. Okay, so is it is it verbal abuse? Is it physical abuse? Both. Okay, so ev- everything comes from a trigger. Mm-hmm. And you know, you never want to point the f- blame at the male saying it's your fault that she's doing this. But mm-hmm. okay, let's look at it. What is pissing her off? What is it that she's yelling at you, saying to you? You know, is it something you do? Is it something you say? Is it a look? Something like that. So let's start right there. Let's try to do it. And like I said, just like with the scenario I was saying before, is it is it happening every day? Is it happening, you know, like on payday? Is it happening certain times? Let's trigger that. And, you know, coming you up with, mm-hmm, coming up with, huh. you know, leaving the house, um, having a, like, safe place to go, just escaping. Like, if it's a phone number, sometimes it's a person you can call that you know can defuse the situation, can talk her down or talk him down, things like that. Because I do know, I do know some people that's in that. I'm hoping they're going to be listening to this episode. So I hope they get something out of it. So what do you say about couples that play fight? (laughs) You know how you women love getting choked during sex. (laughs) Like what's what do you say about that? Like um, when I mean, because you know there's couples that literally hit each other, mm-hmm. and you know it's play fight. It is. It's it's playful. It's um, you know, like kind of childish or whatever. Like oh, he don't mean it. You know, we just being silly with each other, and it could be the woman or the male. Um, but the thing with horseplay is, it's gonna be one lick that you know. Hit a little harder, or it's gonna be a joke you say, and it'd be like, "Wait a minute, that that really cut me." So, um, my advice would be to not even get started on that level. It's one thing if you silly, if you joke around this and that, but don't let it become too much of a habit because then that person can ease into it. And then when you do, you know, when you two years down the road and all of a sudden you don't like it no more, that's when that person really might be rebellious. Like, wait a minute. What's going on? You don't always felt this way, and it might turn into something, something else. else. Wow! And you see, I did not go sexual. That's yeah. What? I don't think that's like... related to domestic violence. So a girl being choked ain't domestic violence. Not during sex. Not, during not if she asks for it. Yes. 
Look, yeah. they gonna they gonna get my credentials. I mean, what is that? You know, I don't feel like that. You know how you be watching? Because every girl don't want that. I I doubt it. I, I I have yet to like have a conversation with a woman. She be like, I don't like being choked. Maybe not choked as hard. Some women literally like being almost strangled to death. But hey, that's neither here or there. That's in the sexual act. It's not like she's saying as soon as you come through the door, "Hey, baby, how was your day?" Choke the hell wait, out of me. Is there something? Is there such thing as sexual abuse? I mm-hmm. mean, of, well, wait, that was a stupid question. <laughs> Never mind. It's called rape. There's different terms they use when it comes to sexual abuse. What is? I don't know if what are the different terms or what classify as what. Um, I know you talk about as far as rape, but um, in- because when it's rape, when it's when it comes to legalities, it's never really rape. The word rape is not there because to me, rape is a strong word. Like if you call somebody rape, whether the person really raped the person or not, I don't want to be around you. That's one motherfucker. I don't. I'll be around a killer any mm-hmm. day before I be around a rapist. Yeah, and a child molester. Mm-hmm. So what are the different terms when it comes to that? Um, well, it's it's gonna all fall under sexual abuse when dealing with kids. Um, it has different levels. Whether um someone was whether it was just someone touching their private parts, mm-hmm. whether it was full on intercourse. So let, uh, let's say let's say uh, an adult is touching a child private part. What is that considered? It's still sexual abuse. So that's sexual abuse. That's mm-hmm. not child molestation. Mm It's molestation is when it's actual penetration. Okay, so when the person is and because it's even even with the inmates, it's different. Um, like it'll be different worded, you know, as far as um, because one thing about it, you people will say they're a killer before they say they're a child molester in prison, because mm-hmm. you know those people do get dealt with. Yeah. Um, oh, so wait, well, yeah. so rapists or child molesters. They don't play that. The prisoners beat them. Especially, okay. especially. I always thought that, but yeah, I. Yeah, so. especially if it's um kids, because on there it'll say you know um it'll say the age limit you know between ages of this and that. Oh, they don't play about that because one thing about it, they have kids. kids. Mm-hmm. They don't. So I've I've had guys because we have to talk about their charge, you mm-hmm. know how they feel about it, this and that, uh-huh. and they will not, you know. They'll be like, it's on the paper. Like, they're not going to publicly say it because they don't want somebody to overhear it, things yeah, like that. I so, it. that does carry a lot of weight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rapists and child molesters, they're not... I feel like them niggas go right along with racists. They could just go in one one basket, mm-hmm. put them all in one area in a community. That way you know. You know what to do with them. Cool. Cool. Is there any advice before we close this out? Any advice you'd like to tell people that's out there getting sexually abused that may not want to, you know, report it or may not want to leave their significant other or just feel like, you know, it'll get past them or things like that. Because I say this because I knew this person, this couple. They have one kid together. They've been together for a couple of years. You know, they, they they argue a lot, but he hits her. And then when she try to leave, you know, she just, he either say, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Basically, that'd be it. Or I'm going to kill myself if you do. Imagine they have a kid together. Of course, she don't want the kid to grow up with no father and things like that. And she don't really want to press no charges because she don't want to get him in that situation. So what do you say to that? Okay. I will um, I'll address as far as the kid issue first. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, I speak about Florida. Um, don't be afraid of DCF. Don't be afraid. Yeah, we're speaking about Florida because most of our listeners are Florida. For for the outside states listening, yeah, I could find that shit out on the Yeah. Don't be afraid of social service agencies. One thing about it, um, 
if you are over 18 and you suspect someone is being abused as far as a kid, um, call. It's okay to have concerns because I was a child protective investigator and though parents are mad and pissed off when I would come knock on their door, I would tell them someone was concerned about your child, you know? But so, what if, what if you come and knock on the door and talk and then like they go back and beat their kids because the kids might have thrown or the kids might have told somebody. But I mean, to I didn't them. do my job as far as, you know, picking up what was really going on in the home. Okay. But if you truly feel like something's going on, bring it to awareness. Because sometimes those kids don't have anyone to advocate for themselves. Sometimes kids are, you know, crying for help, but you just don't see it. So if you truly feel like that, don't be afraid to call. It is anonymous. You know, um, 1-866-ABUSE. Um, <laughs> Florida folks. Yeah. Go ahead. 1-866-98-ABUSE. So don't be afraid to um to call the hotline and just talk to them and ask them questions because maybe it's like, okay, I saw this, this and that, you know, because they have hotline counselors who, you know, kind of go through what you saw, what you heard, this and that, and they determine is it even worthy of a report. So don't be afraid if it's, you know, on the kid level. Mm -hmm. As far as on the um, adult side, um, for men and women, um, definitely in Florida, if you type in 211 Big Ben, um, that's for Leon County, but if you type in 211 for... Um, um, your county, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what county you're in, all the list of social service agencies comes up. So that's people who deal with domestic violence, whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, anything like that, and go talk to somebody. Because chances are, whether you're the person doing the hitting or receiving the hitting, you know, you have to look within and see what's going on with me. You know, um, like but, I said, it's not your job you? to tell you to stay, to leave, but definitely get some help, get some outside, you know, what opinions. can you, what advice could you give someone that actually don't plan on leaving and don't plan on reporting it? Cause I know some people like that personally. Um, for the adults, if you don't plan on reporting it and you want to stay in the relationships, um, keep yourself safe. So let's make a plan to how am I going to still be safe? Because unfortunately, all it takes is one blow and things can end differently. So, you know, start having different conversations and you got to protect yourself. With, I don't want to say, you know, go buy a gun or fight back or this and that. But, you know, let's try to map out. Is this a routine? When is it happening? Is it certain times of day? Like you need to build your safety network up around you, whether okay. you're the abuser or whether you're, oh, I don't want to call an abuser, but whether you're receiving or whether you're doing the hitting, okay. you know, you know, you got to do some self-reflection, you know, work on some anger management and have an open conversation about it. What do you say to, okay, somebody like myself, I know people personally who's getting physically abused or maybe emotionally abused. If you're a friend that know a person or a couple getting abused, what advice can you give them? A lot of times, like I said, it's pride on both levels. Because with me, it's not a, sad to say, it's none of my business. Sometimes the people that I know that is getting abused, remind you, it's no kids. If it's kids, I'm definitely reporting that mm -hmm. shit. But adults, like, I don't even, half the time, I don't even be wanting to know. They just happen to tell I, me or I, I happen to walk in. I know. And so... What do you say to a friend like, like, if I'm like a person like myself, what can I do or what should I do or not do? Okay. I will say as a friend, you know your friend. Will they be open and willing to someone, you know, 
giving them some advice or just talking to them, having a real conversation about it. Because sometimes if you can't do it, you know, it's kind of like that friend when you the single friend and they be like, hey girl, we gonna go out and you know, they secretly trying to hook you up with somebody, Uh you know, so if it's, you know, someone like, okay, you know me and it's, you know, invite me to the setting or this and that if you don't feel like it will escalate to something different or sometimes it does start by somebody saying you know that's not cool maybe you need to talk to somebody this and that it honestly it doesn't take much to start the process to it, look into it it don't man but it's because, at the end of the day it's all within the person because it might not be none of your business but if it's on your conscience it is your business yeah sometimes it's on my conscience that's why like you know, those people that I know personally that is, like, I literally know for a fact it is they're going through it. I don't even try to be around them as much. Because mm-hmm. I don't even want to, I don't even like witnessing shit like that. Because at the end of the day, if it just so happened to be reported, I might be a person that of a witness. And I'm, I don't like telling stories. Yeah. I don't like telling stories about people's personal life. You so don't I like get getting it. involved. But sometimes it do start. And think about it this way. Sometimes people don't know how to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you will see a certain side of them. And you're like, I never saw that side of you because they want someone to like, I don't want to say call them out, but for somebody else to like bring it up or whatnot. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of the term, but you know, it's just like some people, they will purposely look at a camera and steal something. Like, Got I it. want you to look Got at me it. and catch me. You know, I'm doing this. Purposely. So, you know, I'll, they're purposely trying to cry out for help as far as whether it's the person um, being hit or it is the abuser. Like, he might be like, man, I don't know why I get so angry. Maybe I black out, things like that. You will be that person be like, I saw you. This is what led up to that. Cool. I this hope was, I can help a little. This was this was good. This was some healthy talk. Talk. This is something I wanted to be a little more serious about because um, we all know someone that knows someone or knows someone. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I just want to talk about it, you know, shine some light on it. And hopefully, if anybody that's listening that's gone through that or know someone that's gone, I don't know. I can't even say they do something about it because I'm one of those persons. And I honestly, I don't see myself saying shit. I really don't. I mean, I've said, you know, I've said to the, those people, I've said, you know, yo, you got to do something. You got to leave. Mm-hmm. But, you know, keyword they'll say, you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Or I can't. Yeah. I'm like, shit. That's, that's why I say they have to start within. Because yeah. it is hard when you'll see a woman or a man with a black eye, bloody nose, this and that. And they plan on going back to that house. So, yeah, it starts within. I hope this helps somebody that's listening, man. Thanks, you guys, again for listening. You know, once again, thank you for sharing. We're on um, listening, sharing, and subscribing. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play iTunes and other shit that I'm just learning that we're on. I didn't even know we was on other stuff. Cause Do better. Some, Do better. Because sometimes these other um like uh podcast um sites they pick it up and I didn't know that till I googled our shit one time. Look at you. Up. Once again, thanks you guys for all the support and uh, of course special thanks to the uh podcast uh squad. Uh, we all win hashtag on Twitter. If it weren't for you guys, I would not have so much input of people that's outside of people I would never contact to because it's it's funny how like the people that support you is never really the closest people at first Mm -hmm. it's never that but I mean I'm cool with that so till next time shade alright (laughs) y'all yeah that was a little shade that was that was but um in due time you know in due time I'm all cool with it in due time they will